You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! Welcome to episode two, and today's the day we hit the road. We're going to go to Paris, Gay Paris. First thing, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. You obviously have amazing taste. <laughs> and a couple of things I just want to clarify in my last episode of the intro and the backstory, which I forgot. Hey, I'm new to this podcasting thing, so the hopes is I get better with time. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. First thing is I didn't include my flights in the 30,000 mile road trip. So there's only two, the start and the end. And so we flew from Toronto to Paris, and then I flew from Nairobi to London, 16 months later. <laughs> Another thing is, I when I left for this trip, I had no idea that, uh, I thought I was going for six months, basically, right? It ended up, I ended up being gone for almost 22 years. So that was a bit of a difference. And I also didn't think I'd be traveling that that length of time, or, or distance, I'd say, because I ended up going around Lake Victoria and then I also hitched back up from Durban to uh, back up to Nairobi so so just remember this is January 93 where we left January I think 17th and yeah like I said we didn't have a clue what we're doing we didn't have a guidebook for Europe or the Middle East uh, we had no idea how we were getting to Africa yeah it was pretty nuts I tell you, it's so much nicer when you can just Google shit now. <laughs> much, much easier. All right. And the other thing I want to clarify is, I mean, it is, my podcast is called Many Roads Travel Solo Female Travel. And I did leave because like I said, it, it wasn't my idea, this trip. You have to like, catch the intro for hearing about that. But so I left with my friend Casey, who I hadn't seen for five years either. And it was his trip. He'd been playing it for like a year. So I thought, oh, yeah, he's got, you know, he knows how we're getting to Africa. He knows where we're going to be staying in Europe and all that stuff. No. <laughs> and also, he bailed on me after a few months. I don't really just want to tell you when because I kind of want to keep you interested and kind of think of the podcast as kind of like an audio book, really. And I'm just taking you on the travels to see what it's like traveling as a, a female traveler, but also uh how traveling was like and how much it's changed back in the the 90s to now okay so i think that sums up everything i wanted to say in the intro that i didn't <laughs> and also though the rest of my my traveling i mean except for like long weekends or week-long trips with friends and partners the rest of my big solo trips have been solo so I just didn't want to mislead anyone, especially my fellow female solo travelers. Shout out. 
<laughs> okay, so hopefully that's clarified. Okay, so let's crack on. So yeah, we left Toronto to Paris on the flight Air France. Of course, I didn't sleep because I still to this day never sleep on planes. Uh, and we got to Paris, I think it was like around 7.30 in the morning. And like I said, I thought Casey kind of knew some stuff, like where we're, you know, even just the area where we could find cheap accommodation. Nope. So remember, January 1993, snow, cold. Uh, We, oh my gosh, we ended up walking around like for four hours with our packs on. And my pack probably at that time was maybe just under 20 kilos. And now a quick sponsor break. So the number one reason I use this website to book most of my accommodations when I travel around the world is because they often offer a 24 to 48 hour free cancellation fee. Plus they are a price comparison site. So you get the cheapest price possible. So head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking and you'll also be helping support the show. So I thank you for that. Okay, now back to the show. One last reminder, if you want to save yourself money on your accommodation and get the free 24 to 48 cancellation fees on most bookings, then please head on over to manyroadstravel.com forward slash booking. Okay, back to the show. So it was not light because we have to have clothes for summer, for winter, uh, tent, uh, cooking stove, sleeping bag, you name it we had it. Anyway, so we finally, finally, after walking around a million arrondissements and found a cheap place, because again, we were on a budget. I mean, ideally, we wanted to spend 25 Canadian a day, but we knew Europe, that was impossible. (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) So I think probably I, 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 Paris, oh my gosh, we probably spent about $100 a day easily. And I just looked up what the average spend for now going to Paris and it's like 180 US dollars a day. Yeah, a bit, di- bit different. All right, so yeah, we get to our place. It's pretty much a shithole, uh, <laughs> but it was cheap. I think it was like 14 bucks a night each. So I had four hours, oh my gosh, and no sleep. I was exhausted. So we, we, we basically crashed for a few hours, although honestly, it was like a herd of elephants were staying in that hotel. It was so noisy ridiculous so we didn't do too much that day obviously uh grab some baguette fromage some cheese as you do and some red wine because again we're trying to keep costs as low as possible and just had a little bit of a walk around and i was looking at my my diary (laughs) on my first day i just quoted i wrote um well i don't think too much of paris it reminds me of montreal french and expensive (laughs) i think i was tired all right, so here's my three day, which you could do this itinerary as well. And we saw mostly everything we wanted to see in Paris, and you could do it in three days. Although we were hustling, use the the metro, which is uh, you know I, I would recommend because it keeps the cost down. So day one, we grabbed some crepes for breakfast, as you do, and uh, decided to head over or head up to Versailles. And Versailles is about uh, between 40 and 55 minutes, either drive or the train. I recommend getting the train. And it's beautiful. It's on this hill. And Louis XIV built it in, what year was that? 1631. And it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, the things you have to see for sure are the Hall of Mirrors, the Opera, 
house and the, the, the chapel. And we spent around a couple hours walking around there. And, you know, coming from Canada, I remember I was only 23 at the time. But Canada, it's a beautiful country. It's still one of the most beautiful countries, I think, in the world. But we don't have a lot of... Hist like history as in buildings. Obviously, we have history with the Native American Indians, but not for buildings. So going to Europe for the first time, I think probably most Canadians and, and Americans would agree. It kind of blows your mind of how old these buildings are. And I definitely had never seen so much gold in my lifetime. Like the Hall of Mirrors is just... There's gilded gold everywhere, and obviously a lot of mirrors. <laughs> but yes, I highly, highly recommend Versailles. All right, so after a couple hours, we uh, jumped back on the metro. We learned a little uh, Parisian trick of jumping the metro gate so you didn't have to pay. So we were like, woo, really impressed with ourselves. <laughs> and of course, we hit the Eiffel Tower next up at the Arc de Triomphe. We didn't go up to the very top of the Eiffel Tower, Again, just budget, uh, but we did go up to the first level and it was uh, it was kind of evening by then and it was just so beautiful. I mean, the Eiffel Tower now, you can, um, there's a whole range of prices if you walk up or which level you go to. So I'll have all that information and more details about things like this on my website, manyworldtravel.com. If you're listening to this today, give me a couple days to get the blog posts up. <laughs> I'm just not quite as organized as I'd like to have been. Okay, so yes, uh, Eiffel Tower, obviously, it's a definitely a thing you need to do. And also nowadays, you can, like for a lot of the things to see in, in Paris or other big cities in Europe, is you can get passes. Or you can also book online, so you can jump the queue. Again, that was, I mean, the internet wasn't even available in 1983, so... <laughs> It's not an option for us. <laughs> and the Arc de Triomphe is right there too. So that's a, another bucket list tick off. And then the rest of the day, I think that was kind of our day. And then we grabbed, again, another way to chase, save money is I think we just grabbed some more baguettes and cheese and not great for the fruit and veg, but hey-ho. And some more, well, we're getting our red wine, you see. So we're getting our grapes through there. So. <laughs> we picked up a couple of bottles. Uh, I just went back to the uh, our crazy hotel. Uh, I called it a night, but it was a full on day. We did a lot of walking. All right. So the second day, another full on day, we went to uh, the, uh, where did we go first? We went to the Musée d'Orsay, which is, was a, again, that was built in 1898. It was an old train station and I just loved it. The building itself was amazing, but there was lots and lots of big artists there like uh, Van Gogh and Monet and Monet and Manet and uh, Dugas and Chagall or is it she yeah Chagall and I th at the time the what is it the Whistler's mother the very famous painting was there I didn't really see the big deal to be honest but hey ho I don't really know <laughs> definitely back then didn't know much about art I've seen a lot more art since then yeah we just walked around I ha like it was my favorite um of the museum. It's probably one of my favorite museums ever, actually. And we did go to the Louvre to see the Mona Lisa. See, I prefer Musée d'Orsay to the, over to the Louvre myself. And the Mona Lisa is tiny. Like, it, I was like, that, that's it? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's beautiful. But it, it's, it's very small. And nowadays, I'm sure there are like 300 tourists in front of the painting. So I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. My recommendation, Musée d'Orsay. 
Then we went to, oh my gosh, actually. So on our way to Champs-Élysées, which is like the big boulevard, which is full of really rich, like, well, not rich, but expensive stores. So we were still doing our little metro trick of dumping the gate. Well, our luck ran out and we got busted by the metro police. Oh my God. 250 franc fine. Now... Of course, francs don't even exist anymore, but that was about 50 US dollars. So not good. That was almost a whole day's budget, basically, being stupid. So tip, <laughs> don't jump the metro. <laughs> so I did go to the shuttle say I had my most expensive hot chocolate in my life. Even back then, I think it was like five or six dollars. I was like, what? Uh, but I don't know. We just thought we should do that, I guess. And then we went to the opera house which is, again, it's beautiful. It was, it was built in 1861. Uh, we missed the tour. I think there was like a free walking tour, but we missed that. You'll find that that's, uh, we, you'll find that we do that a lot. <laughs> Either just get before there before it's closing or miss it completely. But again, I guess having a guidebook would have been helpful. But hey-ho, as you do. Yes, yeah, so we just kind of walked around the opera house and that's where like the Phantom of the Opera I guess originally it was the inspiration for that play. And then Casey was insistent that we went to uh, La Maison de Victor Hugo. So Victor Hugo's house because his dad was a huge fan and we found it. Like it's amazing that we found all this stuff really actually <laughs> and like full on. It's still like jet lagged and not much sleep as well in our elephant uh, hotel but we found that we had a little tour around there which is pretty cool actually and uh, that was yeah like I said he he you know was a very famous here he is a very famous French uh, poet and novelist and he wrote Les Miserables and I think that was our day so on our way back a friend of mine used to live in France so she gave us a few suggestions of where to go and we ended up which I so we ended up finding this like kind of divey bar which are always my favorite around the world, to be honest. Ending up getting just super drunk on wine, red wine. I think I honestly, I think I drank like three bottles myself. It was ridiculous. The next morning, I walked, up, looked up my my journal because that's a great thing. I've always kept journals or diaries for all my trips, so that's why I have I have a good memory too. But I have all the stuff kind of documented, right? Which is comes very handy now that I'm finally getting my shit together and doing a podcast and blog. But yeah, so the, <laughs> when I woke up the next morning, I looked at my journal entry because I guess I tried to write something that night. Oh my gosh, it's just scribble. I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even decipher it myself. So <laughs> it was ridiculous. So we had a bit of a, a late start on our third day. And we went to, we decided, okay, let's get our train ticket, which, yeah, to get our train tickets, which again, I advise, like when you're, Okay, I mean, now I guess you can book online, but if you don't book online, kind of get your train tickets early and or that day or like I said, things have changed now, so you can book online. But then I, I don't also like being so fixed in my traveling, you know, so if you usually you can get a ticket in the morning. Anyway, so we went and got a ticket in the morning uh, to go to down to Nice because that's where my friend lived. So we wanted to go down there. And then you, another great thing, you can leave your bags and all the train station luggage for like, I don't know, six euros now. And that's great because you don't really want to be trekking all over the place with your massive backpack. So once we dropped our bags off, we got our tickets. We 
decided we were going to head over to Notre Dame. Oh my goodness. And now that was, it's, a sh it's a, so sad that that got burnt down because wow, it was amazing. And again, that was our oldest ever building we'd seen. That was built in 1163. I guess it started being built in 1163. Wow. It like it literally blew me away. It was like, I mean, uh, the gargoyles, just inside was really kind of inspiring. It was, I just, I loved it. I mean, they're going to rebuild it to to similar to the way it was as possible, but it's a shame that many of you missed out. But those of you who got to see it, you understand what I mean. It was, yeah, amazing. So we still had a couple more hours to kill and we were like, okay, let's go to Père Lachaise, which is a huge cemetery in the 20th arrondissement of Paris. And there's over like a million people buried there. And even more there, more people with that are cremated. So, uh, and lots of famous people are buried there as well. But our, like Oscar Wilde, Edith Piaf, uh, Chopin. But our main goal was to see Jim Morrison's grave. Casey was a massive Doors fan. I, I I like them too, but he was a huge fan. However, by the time we got there, it was, remember, January, so it's dark, it's dark, it's dark early. And by the time we got there, it was just before six and they closed at six. So I managed to speak because I, you know, my French is okay. It was better back then when <laughs> I had a better memory. Just to say, well, we just like, we're just going to just take a peek kind of thing. And he was like, well, you know your risk I guess so we go in and we're like oh my god like there's no way we're gonna find it it's huge it's dark and we didn't have a flashlight or anything like that so we're like oh my god and and it's closing in 10 minutes like literally and we tried to ask the guy and he was just like he just pointed a finger like over that way we're like okay yeah sure I mean like I said there's a million people buried there <laughs> it's massive I just looked it up and it's actually the the most visited gravesite in the world Something like three and a half million people visited it a year. Anyways, so we're like, okay, well, let's just head this direction. And it's like, it's, you know, it's this huge cemetery. So there's dark. We're kind of getting a little bit, it's a bit scary, to be honest, because there's massive crypts and stuff like that. So you see like this huge, you know, you think someone's there and it's a statue or it's a gargoyle or it's, a, you know, an angel. But in the dark, it was, yeah, kind of scary. And all of a sudden, I could hear like some music and I'm like, Case, do you hear that? And he's like, yeah. And then in the far distance, like we could see this like, like a light, very, very pale light, right? We're like, okay, well, let's head that way. Now, the closer we got, we could hear the, the louder the music got. And it was the bloody doors. <laughs> it was Jim Morrison, Morrison singing. We're like, oh, hey, let's just follow Jim. <laughs> so we get closer and closer and then we can see the light. It's a candlelight. And we're like, okay, this is so weird. And we get to the grave and it's, you know, all around, even his grave, but all the graves around are graffitied by Doors fans and, you know, peace and love and all that stuff. Well, there's this dude like sitting on his grave, like doing heroin and literally injecting heroin into his arm. And he, he had brought a cassette recorder playing the Doors music and it was and obviously lit the candles. So we're like, oh, well, I guess this is like kind of a, a perfect setting to see Jim Morris's grave, I guess. I don't know. But it was it was pretty funny. Casey and I were just like, what the beep? 
Anyway, we're like, oh my God, what time is it? Because we also have the, our train, which was like $75, our train ticket. Like I said, our budget was about that a day. So we couldn't miss this train. So we're like, okay. So we took some pictures and and then had to find our way back out to the entrance, which it was a mission in itself. So we finally get back to the gates where we came in. Well, they're locked. Like we're locked in a pair of chaise. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, first we get busted on the metro and now we're locked in a cemetery with our train leaving in a couple hours. Awesome. Like on the other side of Paris. So we're like, what are we going to do? So I'm like looking, I'm like, okay, well, there's a tree and we could probably climb that tree and, and get over the gate because the, the, the fences are high. They're like probably about eight feet high. So we're just about to do that. And then I just had a little look around, I don't know, this corner and I found kind of there's this little side gate that hadn't been locked yet. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, Case, I found us the door. We can get out. But it it had been locked a bit, like, but it, I could push it too so we can kind of squeeze in. But yeah, there we go. Do not get locked in Père Lachaise, so get there before six. <laughs> anyway, so we booked it to uh, a little market and grabbed some more food for our train ride because it was a, I think it took like 11 hours to get to Nice. Got to the train station and we're like, oh, Wow, those are three crazy days in Paris. Needless to say, my first impression of Paris changed and I really, really loved it actually because I'd heard, you know, people like, oh, well, the, the French, you know, they're very snobbish. They don't like talking in English or they don't like French uh, Canadians. So I think that's still valid. But um, luckily, how I spoke French was more more of a pre, like a French accent rather than a Quebec accent, which was handy. So yeah, so I mean, I we I was fine. The French I could speak. They were they were really cool, really nice. Uh, just the expense. It was very expensive, uh, but we kind of knew that. Yeah, so we got on our train. Of course, we got like cheap tickets, so our our seats didn't even recline, which is not good for eleven hours, and we just again walked miles that day. So we got down to Nice in the morning, and found uh, somewhere to stay. I just spent a couple of days in Nice because my friend, like I said, she lived there, uh, which is be- it's a sweet little seaside town, a rocky beach. It really reminds me of Brighton, where I lived for 20 years in England. Actually, I- it could be the-, the-, the French twin of Brighton, England. Really cute. So, yeah, we just ca- spent there a couple of days, which is kind of, you know, if you're going for a beach holiday, I- it's not the beach to go to, really. <laughs> like I said, it's like Brighton. It's Pebble Beach. It's not Sandy Beach. But we stopped in Marseille, and then we uh, also stopped in um, Monte Carlo. And Monte Carlo is so cool. Oh, my gosh. Like, talk about rich. There's, like, Princess Stephanie's castle there. The the harbor, like, the marina is just filled with super huge yachts. And basically, it's like the millionaire's paradise, right? It's where they go to play casinos. So we did walk around a casino. And just like, okay, we're just two really poor backpackers from Canada. There's all these super rich people around us. Uh, so we didn't really feel too welcome there. And uh, yeah, so we were just there for a couple hours. And then because we're getting our train to Rome. So we have now covered on our first destination, Paris. Now we've covered, let's see. Well, down to Nice. Down to Nice, it was 930 kilometers or... 580 miles so that's what we've got ticked off our list out of our 30,000 mile journey we've gone just over 500 
And of course, when I say the 30,000, I don't include walking around in places either. That's just getting one destination to another, right? It took me all day to figure out all, to ca- calculate for that whole, this whole trip, the distances I covered. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Okay, so tip number one for Paris is go in the off season. You might not have to go in January like we did, but even the shoulder seasons, spring and autumn, it'll be a lot cheaper. Winter for sure will be the cheapest, uh, except around Christmas, New Year's, of course. But yeah, you'll save a lot of money on accommodation and, and flights. So that would be my tip number one. Tip number two is, yeah, use the metro. It's very easy to use. It gets you everywhere you need to go in Paris. Do not hop the metro like what we did and get busted, especially now that they have security cameras everywhere. But uh, yeah, the metro is the best way to get around Paris, in my opinion. Tip number three is don't buy anything on Champs-Élysées because <laughs> it is so expensive. I mean, hey, if you can afford it, go nuts and actually take me next time you go. Uh, I'll be your tour guide. No problem. <laughs> and a bonus tip is I would do what we did if you're on a budget is, yeah, just go to the market and, and get food there, like especially the baguettes, of course, and cheese and red wine. And as for uh, solo female travelers, uh, I felt really safe in Paris. I didn't have a problem there. I mean, it helped that I spoke some French, but uh, many people speak English there, so I, I don't think it's a problem. And you'll find uh, in my podcast and my adventures that I tend to have done things that every other travel blogger or podcaster says not to do. I have done and I'm, I'm still here. So maybe you'll configure this podcast as what not to do as <laughs> a solo female traveler. In some, some respects, anyways. Okay, so that is it for today's little adventure. We have hit the road, which is awesome. And tune in till next Thursday's episode when we go to Rome. All right. Uh, and as always, safe, tra- safe travels one road at a time. <laughs>